0: And those that are still praying can continue to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ushers, if you'll come, and we'll prepare to bless the Lord together. Hallelujah. Charles, it's good to see you back. Charles and Gilly, why don't you lift up up the offering for us if you would. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And uh, any teens that we have with you, Pastor Uri is still here. We're, we're going to be doing some transitioning <clears throat> with our education program in the weeks ahead, but we'll be keeping you posted on that. And just a, a couple of quick announcements. Um, we just want to remember uh, today after church, those of you who are interested in in being part of the rummage sale. you want to learn how to give, you want to learn how you want to be part of it. Uh, Pastor Ron is going to have some special announcements of that as well, sort of going to do some in, uh, in the future, going to do some uh, small group kind of things you 'll be meeting for a couple of weeks a few weeks before that time and having some time of prayer and sharing and, and, and learning together, and then they'll be preparing for that. Also for our Too Smart for school, uh, back to school thing, we'll be having, there is a course of course a sign-up sheet in the back. Please sign up with the number of uh, book bag things that you want to give out uh, to any kids, grandkids, maybe kids in your neighborhood, things like that. Uh, We've had a a pretty good response already, and you can, uh, as you see in the bulletin, give a love offering there uh, for that, and it will go to buy more materials uh, for that. And, mm, mm, excuse me, I wrote it down and I forgot to bring it with me. You You know how that is. I went to bring a message back to Paul in the sound booth before church, and Pastor Ron was standing there, and by the time I got back to them, it was gone, and I had to stand there and think, so, but I have it right here. You will see, we have in the first, oh, maybe 10 rows or so, uh, there are scattered hymnals, and uh, someone has been kind enough to... uh, to donate some hymnals, and we're getting some more. So, in the future, uh, we of course are going to be using them for some of our the hymn sing that will be probably coming up uh, again here in the in the not too distant future. But also, we want to be able to have them in the pew, and as we sing a hymn, like we did this morning, if you want to look at it up there, you can. If you want to read it down there, you can. Uh, you could do whatever you would like. So, uh, thank the Lord for that. We're. I I, re- I remember. Uh, uh, pastor steve had mentioned he went to a church and was talking with the worship leader to begin uh, uh, the worship experience in that church and he asked for all of the books and chorus sheets and hymnals and things like that and the the exiting worship leader said oh well we threw all that away and pastor, uh, pastor steve to his credit said whoa wait, wait he says you just threw away the heritage of the church that's our past. That's our history. We need those old choruses. We need the hymns. We need those because that's part of our history. So so we're going to be doing some different things with that in the future. Uh, so stay tuned. Hallelujah. Take your Bibles. Open them to Philippians. Philippians first chapter. We are in verse 19. And you know... We're going to talk about the growing kingdom today, the growing kingdom. And you know, when you're reading scripture, sometimes you read scripture and you're, you're reading it like like a freight train on rails. You're just reading and it's just, you know, you're just reading through scripture and oh, that's cool, good topic. And then other times you sort of are slowly pondering as you read and you go, oh, that's sort of interesting. That's what... Then there are other times that you're reading scripture and the Holy Spirit is Puts a break on it and you get stuck on a word. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. You get stuck on a word and you say, I, I, I can't even get to the last part of the sentence, I'm stuck on the word. So I got stuck on a word here in verse 19, and I'll share with you what it is. We're going to talk about the growing kingdom this morning. Paul says, now remember we've been talking about how in the upside down kingdom certain things happened, and now he's into the growing kingdom for him. And verse 19 he says, for I know that this, this whole thing he's going through in Rome, about to be uh, uh, sent to trial and all that and lose his life, uh, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance, or salvation, that word there is so-so in the Greek, it's salvation, through your prayer, so there's the first element of it, prayer, that is communion with the Father, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And that's where I got stuck at the word supply. It, 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 it hit me right there. We've been uh, talking about... Uh, The upside down kingdom in which we live, the opposite from world systems. My wife and I were just talking about this again this morning, how everything is so backward to to us. Uh, We look at the world, it is just upside down, and they look at the world and we're upside down. And Paul talked about this in the previous verses. He says, when I'm bound, I'm free, right? Uh, When I'm lost, I'm found. When I'm lacking, I'm abounding. Uh, I'm victorious in all situations. I know how to be abased. I know how to be abounding. It doesn't matter. So whether I'm in prison or whether I'm free in the streets, it doesn't matter. But we need to remind ourselves that this upside-down kingdom that we live in is also a growing kingdom. It's a kingdom that had begun in secret And it has been stealthily growing like leaven in bread. Remember when Jesus talked about that. He said leaven can do two things. It could be good leaven or it could be evil leaven, the leaven of the Pharisees. But whatever leaven it is, it will slowly grow and eventually consume the whole loaf. We see in Scripture that a small stone was cut without hands, and that stone grew to a mountain in Daniel and cons- is in the process of consuming the whole world. This upside-down kingdom dashed the feet of clay of Rome and is now filling the earth. And deliverance will come through the supply of Jesus Christ and our communion with him. So we're going we're to stop at supply, and I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn back to 2 Corinthians. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Second Corinthians, ninth chapter, verse 10. And in this chapter, Paul is talking about the gift that was given. Again, remember, Philippians is all about money. It's all about the gift that Paul gave or received from the Philippian church. And in Corinth, he's talking about giving and gifts again. Verse 6, he talks about uh, how we give. We we either give sparingly or we give bountifully. If we give sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we give bountifully, we'll receive bountifully. And then in verse uh, 8 of that chapter uh, of 2 Corinthians 9, So, I'm sorry, verse 7, so each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward, this is is one of those verses, I've read this before, and remember we counted the alls, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you having all sufficiency always in all things may have an abundance for every good work, that's a lot of abundance, And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. That's a lot of abundance. For as it is written, verse 9, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now may he who supplies, there's our word, seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Just want to stop right there in verse 10, and we want to look at that word supply and what it means. On the King James Version, it says, now he who ministers the supply will also minister the bread, but we have here supply and supply. He says it twice. And it's, we're going to find out it's very interesting. So let's look, first of all, at what that word means. Supply, of course, means to, to literally supply fully, abundantly. But it actually has two forms. How many know we love grammar here at Emmanuel, right? <laughs> How many know I love grammar here at Emanuel? <laughs> There are actually two forms of this verb for supply here and it is the first one is is the present continuous tense and it speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit in us individually and collectively. Paul uses it in Colossians the second chapter, having nourishment ministered that's the word supplied. Having nourishment ministered to the body, we are knit together. So there's the picture of this nourishment being supplied to us by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter, uh, the first chapter, Paul said, or Peter says, that we have an entrance, we have an abundant entrance into an eternal kingdom by Jesus Christ our Lord. An abundant entrance. What is an abundant entrance? I thought if you enter, you enter. Like I got to to church this morning at nine o'clock, I abundantly arrived. What does that even mean? But the word here means an abundant entrance. And that's part of the upside-down kingdom, though, too, right? Because th- that, that we are not just conquerors. We are more. How are you more than a conqueror? If you win, you win. We are more than a conqueror. Above and beyond what we can ask or even think. All sorts of abundant things like that. So that that le- the, the word literally means just to overflow in abundance but I want to spend our time on the second form of the verb here today which is a stronger form of the verb and, and, and remember I will I'm going to give you four Greek words today okay four Greek words and remember I only give you Greek words if you know the English corresponding word how many of you have seen my big fat Greek wedding movie funniest movie ever the father all he would do right is walk around with I think a Clorox bottle in one hand spraying things, disinfecting, Windex, was it? Windex, just spraying everything, and, and, then he, and then he would always say, give me, give me any English word, and I'll tell you how it came out of the Greek. And, he, and he's actually sort of, sort of true, sort of right. So we're going to look at these four words, because Paul uses two uh, words, King James translates the minister or supply in 2 Corinthians 9, but they're actually two different words. They're from the same root, choreo, which means to dance. Choreograph, choreograph. Remember choreograph. So let me let me repeat this verse in the New King James or King James. Now he that ministers choreo, the first one is epichoreo, is the seed to the sower. Both ministers choreo, bread for your food, and multiplies. The Greek word is plethora. How many know that word? You do. You're all Greek. And the, and the last word we'll get to uh, in a few minutes. But he starts off with two different words for supply. And the first one he uses is epichorigeo, which is literally, "epa" means outside. Epidurus means the outside. Epichorigeo literally is the leader of the dance. The leader of the choreography. <laughs> Jesus is our epichoreographer. He is the leader. The the whole dance belongs to him. He's the orchestrator. He's the composer. He's the leader. He's the conductor. He holds the baton. He writes the script. He sets the stage. He operates the lights and the sound. He starts the dance. He tells us where to move because aren't the steps of a good man ordered of the Lord? He choreographs the whole thing. He is curtain up and he is curtain down. He is the whole thing. For the word says, in him we live and move and have our very being. He is the author and the finisher of our choreography. He is the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I I I love the way this fits together in this whole picture of this massive universe which is nothing but his choreography. Now, how how do we fit into that though? Now he'll tell us here in a moment when he gets to the second verse second uh, part of that of that word. But how do we fit? Cuz cuz you could say well wait a minute then. <clears throat> that sounds sort of like fatalistic. It sounds like we have no choice. Like we're just sort of in this thing and he's moving our feet and and well let me let me if you take just just take a few minutes, let me go around the barn because I you know that's what I usually do. I go all the way around the barn and come back to the door so just follow me around the barn all the way back to the front door and I, and I guarantee you, I think it'll fit in when you when you hear this. One of our early church fathers, Irenaeus, had a a thought of this entire universe and how it functions and how it works and he believed he believed and this and this is very fascinating and Irenaeus was one of the early church fathers. They were really smart. (laughs) No offense, they were smarter than you and me put together. They were very smart. And don't forget, back then, they didn't have TVs and cell phones and radios and stuff. So they sat around and thought all day. Wow. So they thought a lot of things. And Irenaeus had this thought. He said that he believed that Adam and Eve were not the pinnacle of God's creation. They were the beginning point of God's creation. They were not the pinnacle. Adam and Eve were the infants in the garden. We are the pinnacle of God's creation. Follow. We are the pinnacle of God's creation. We are the full sons and daughters of God. Are we not? Full grown and mature. John puts it this way in 1 John 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right? Right? But it doth not yet appear what we shall be. For we know that when he shall appear. Thank you Aunt Pauline. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. That is the culmination of the entire dance. We are not going back to the garden. We're going Forward, The goal of the master choreographer is to design and to make all his sons and daughters into Jesus, the perfect man. The word says, for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering for both he who sanctifies and those that are being sanctified are one, which is now the reason that he is not ashamed to call them brethren. How about Ephesians the fourth chapter? We know this one very well, and he gave unto some uh, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come together in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of and the stature of the fullness of God. All right, we're about halfway around the barn. Keep holding on. For this reason, Irenaeus said, God curses and destroys the devil, but he only punishes man. Because God destroyed the works of the devil, but he is continuing to allow his children to grow. So we're not going to return back to the garden. That was the nursery. And I'll tell you what, ladies, I bet you better be glad we're not going to return back to the garden because you'd be pregnant forever. (laughs) You say, that sounds ridiculous. That's what the Mormons believe the Mormons believe we're going back to the garden and you gals are going to be having babies forever and ever and ever to repopulate the universe can you imagine that no The garden was where humanity began in its infancy, but the new heaven and the new earth is where humanity is going to take off like a rocket and go to places we don't. The orchestrator is going to to do this. It's the conductor, Jesus. It's the master chess player that is outmaneuvering every move of the devil. He's already a hundred moves ahead of the devil. He's already won the match. The universe has already been designed. It's already been completed. Its destiny has already been fulfilled. The verdict has already been given the conclusion is already sealed the end and the beginning are already set we're not going back folks we're going forward hallelujah and he that has begun a good work in this is going to bring it to completion at the day of Christ and listen to what listen to what Paul says this is so wonderful he says yes we speak of wisdom among those who are the mature yet not the wisdom of this age nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before for the ages for our glory can you imagine that you're all looking at me like wow you're hearing something different i don't know can you imagine that this whole thing was created for your glory to glorify you with jesus to make you like jesus and that's why paul said for if the rulers of the age knew this they would have not put to death the king of glory And that's why he goes on to say, it's in that passage that he ends that paragraph by saying... For eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for his people. It hasn't entered into our mind what kind of choreography God has yet for us. But I'm so glad this morning that he's the author of the dance. Hallelujah. That he's choreographed it, he's planned it, he's purposed it. And all we need to do is follow him into it. And he is going to birth in this universe a new race of sons and daughters that are going to be glorified. We're not going to be tilling in a garden my friend we're not going to be having babies we're going to be ruling and reigning with him in heavenly we already are ruling and reigning with him in heavenly places far above all principalities already seated with him someday our bodies are going to catch up and what a day that's going to! you have no idea what David Verzilli is going to look like in a million years you have no idea what you're going to look like in a million years you're not going to be an Adam. You're not going to be an Eve. You're going to be a glorified son, a glorified daughter of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Ruling and reigning with him forever and ever. So that's the, that's the first supply that Paul uses in Second Corinthians 9. That's the first minister. Then he, then he downshifts a little bit, and he takes off the epi, and he downshifts to us. Then he says, now, but you guys now are also part of this dance, and you are choreographing things. You're not the epic choreographer. You're not the master. You're just a dancer under his direction. And that's why when we don't understand things, when we see through a glass darkly, and we're in this dance, and we're wondering, Lord, where, why are my feet going here? What am I doing? Why, why am I in this place? Why am I in this situation? Why am I at this workplace? Why am I in this school? Why am I, What is going on? Why am I sick in my body like this? What is happening? There's, there, it's in that moment that we have to trust the choreographer. Because you see, we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand. For instance... If you, if you take your, your child or your grandchild or whatever, second grade, first grade, second grade, you walk into their room during school, you open up the blind. My mother used to do this every morning in school, even when I was in high school. It would be early in the morning, and I'd hear, chuk, 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 Morning, time to rise and shine. Oh, God. It's because of her that I get up at 5 o'clock every morning now, regardless of anything. You know. Now you, you tell your little second grader, okay, honey, come on, time to get up, time to go to school. We gotta get our teeth brushed, we gotta get and they're one, uh, I don't wanna go to school. I don't want to go, why do I have to go to school? It's it's like that, it's like the individual that uh, his wife came in and shook him and said, Okay, come on, honey, it's time to get out of bed. It's Sunday morning, we got to go to church. And he says, I don't want to give me three good reasons why I should go to church. And he said, Well, number one, you're the pastor. <laughs> So that little girl, she doesn't want to get up and go to second grade. She doesn't want to go to and get, But I'll tell you what, about 15, 20, 30 years from now, after getting her up when she's the CEO of a company and making 300K a year, she's going to look back and say, thank you, Mom, for waking me up every morning and sending me to school. We don't understand many times what's happening in our lives, but I guarantee you a million years from now we'll still be saying, thank you, God, for waking me up in the middle of that dance. Thank you for making my feet go where they didn't want to go. Thank you for making me do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you kept after me and I wouldn't, you would not stop until I choreographed the dance that you wanted because now I see where I'm at and everything is worth nothing compared to where I am right now hard for us to understand that though. So when he tells us to dance and when he sets the choreograph, even though you may not understand why this, why that, just dance the dance. You say what's that mean? Just keep worshipping him. Just keep giving. Just keep sharing. Just keep blessing. Just keep coming to church and sitting in his presence even though you might not feel like it. Just just keep meeting with that brother or sister. Just keep praying, just keep believing, because you're in the middle of a dance that he has orchestrated. So Paul says, he's the master supplier, you're the secondary supply, you're the channel through which he goes. And he says, let me tell you what happens when you do that in in 2 Corinthians 9th chapter. He says, I'm going to multiply things to your life. And that's the Greek word plethora. I'm going to multiply things. Understand that while we follow him, he will provide, won't he? If I stop giving, guess what he's going to do? Stop giving. Why Why would he continue to give if I don't give out to those around me? The, the, he's not, he's, say one thing about God, he knows about investments and returns on investments. Read the parable of the talents, Right? So if I'm not giving, then he's not going to open the windows back into my life so I can keep giving. Because everything he does in our lives is a plethora. It is a plethora. It's not just a single thing. It's a plethora. That word means an overabundance. It means a profusion. It means an excess. So that means that this morning, I don't have grace this morning. I've got an excess of grace. I don't have grace just to get me through till 11 o'clock tonight, and then God says, you're on your own between 11 and 5 the next morning. No, I've got grace upon grace, grace pounding, compounding upon grace, a plethora of grace every day. It's new every morning. I've said this before. There is nothing on this earth that is new every nothing on this earth is new tomorrow it's the same water recycled it's the same air created again There are no new molecules being created. There's nothing new. It's all the same stuff. But in God's kingdom, upside down, he makes new grace every morning. Hallelujah. He makes new loving kindness every morning. He makes new love every morning. He makes new blessings every morning. He creates it because he's the creator. So we have a plethora. I've got overflowing joy in my life. I've got so much joy in my life. We've got so much joy. I know we all have heartaches, but we've got so much joy that it is unspeakable joy we don't even know how to talk about it you see it all the time you see it when you stand next to the casket of somebody and that person's spouse or daughter or brother or sister is standing there and they know the Lord and even though they're standing next to the body of somebody that they loved they've still got that stupid smile on their face they still have some joy inside because they sorrow not even others who have no hope we've got joy and it is multiplied. Paul says, if you just keep sowing and giving, and this is not a, a message about you giving money, I don't care if you give money. You know what? To be honest with you, I don't care what you do with your money because God's not going to bless me based on what you do. I'm talking about me. <laughs> so I, the more you sow, the more you give of your spirit and your life and your love and your money, and whatever it might be, God says, I'm going to multiply it a plethora back to you over and over and over again. An abundance that just never stops. Never stops. A plethora. And you can apply that word plethora in your own thinking to whatever you want to in your life. Because that's what it is. It's a plethora from his throne. And then the last word that he uses here in Second Corinthians ninth chapter uh, is, is just just so wonderful. He says he'll multiply seed you have sown and the increase of the fruits of your righteousness. The word increase there is waxano, from which we get our English word to wax, which means to grow. So as we give in his dance and as he leads us in his dance, he multiplies through a plethora of blessings and provisions there have been so many times how many of you have let me stop there just for a second before we start waxing (laughs) how many of you many times you've been faithful to the Lord as best you can be and you looked at the stack of bills on your desk and you looked at your bank account on the left and you went there ain't no way do you know how much bigger that stack of bills is than that guess what You ended up still paying them, didn't you? The lights stayed on, didn't they? The heat stayed on, didn't it? The doctor bills got paid, didn't they? Something happened. It's the plethora. (laughs) We should call this plethora assembly. Plethora community church. It's the plethora of blessings that comes from serving him. And then... That plethora, that multiplication leads to growth. That's what it means. Wax. To wax is to grow. And the word even is used again with with Jesus. And he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. It's a growth, it's a waxing stronger. When we follow his lead and quit stepping on his toes, we will grow. There are some of you in this place right now, you're stronger than you were before. You've overcome things in your life now that you never could have overcome 10 years ago or 5 years ago or even a year ago. You're you're living in blessings right now that you don't even understand. You're you're growing in ways that you don't even understand. You, you many times you don't even feel like you're growing. But you're growing. If your heart is open to the Holy Spirit, he's growing things inside you that you don't even know are happening. Deep is calling to deep at the noise of the water spouts, the word says. Deep things are happening inside you. You have no idea they're happening, but they're happening. All of a sudden, you're stronger now than you were before because you're growing in Him. You're waxing strong in the midst of weakness, you're waxing provided in the midst of need. Everything is growing around you, and you don't know why. It's because all you're doing is dancing His dance. <laughs> you're following his steps, you're listening to his voice, and he's growing through you and in you. So Paul says, let's look to the master choreographer, and as he choreographs our lives, let's follow his lead, and as we follow his lead, he will open up a plethora of abundance over our lives, and as he opens that plethora, we'll begin to grow strong. And that my friend, is all the way back to the beginning. That's the purpose of this whole thing, is so that a thousand years from now, 10,000 years from now, we will be stronger than we ever thought possible. He will make us into His image in ways that we never thought possible. I have no idea how God is going to get me into the image that He wants me to be. To me, that seems like an impossible task. But how many are glad that with God, everything that's impossible is possible? <laughs> Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I'll close with this, but I, I, I have to read this in the message. I, I love the message Bible just for, for devotional reading, and this is the part of Scripture where he talks about the inward man perishing, but the uh, the outward man perishing, but the inward man being renewed day by day. Listen to how he puts it here: If you only look at us on the outside, you might well miss the brightness that is on the inside. We carry this pres- precious message around in unadorned clay pots of ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that, because you know for yourself that we're not much to look at. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I looked up when I said that, and I saw you guys in. We're not much to look at in the world's eyes, are we? People would look at our bank accounts and laugh. People look at our possessions and laugh. People look at us and laugh. We're not much to look at. But how many are glad you're in good company with the Apostle Paul? (laughs) I'm glad. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're sure that we're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. Remember, he's the choreographer. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. Every detail works to our advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. Things are happening. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though the, on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us. Don't say Amen. On the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Unfolding. Could I please get a picture in your mind of a piece of paper or something that just keeps unfolding? And you think, it's got to (laughs) stop. I thought it was an 8.5 by 11. No. Oh, it's 11 by 17. No. It's three feet by four feet. No, it just keeps unfolding. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see will last forever. I challenge you in the days ahead. Do you know, I am am not a dancer, not because I'm opposed to dancing or anything like that, but I'm just a lousy dancer. If I try to dance, I've told you before, that's when immediately someone calls an ambulance because they think I'm having a seizure. So I'm not a dancer. And... And, and I'll be honest with you, every now and then my wife and I in, in our home will goof around, there'll be some Frank Sinatra music will come on us and, and, and I'll, I'll grab her and we'll sort of, every time, within the first four steps her toes are hurting. I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I, I'm not a dancer. But if we could see the truth of this and say, Father God, I want to learn to dance with you. I want to learn to not step on your toes. I don't want to get ahead of you. In a dance, there always has to be how many people lead? One leader. So, Father, help me to learn how to follow your lead. Follow your lead. Not get ahead of you. Follow your lead. And then, in those moments where it's a tango (laughs) and you throw me backwards, I'm not going to get scared. Because I know underneath are the everlasting arms. And you're going to pull me back up. I won't know why you did that. But you did it. And I'm just going to keep following you. I don't know about you. But I'm glad that there is no such thing as evolution. There's no such thing as a big bang theory. That this is not, not all just an accident. I'm glad that there is a divine purpose in his choreograph. And in those times when I don't understand it, I can still say, Father, you choreographed something. And someday I'm going to see the whole dance. I don't know when it'll be, but I'll see it. I'm so glad that the devil's not in charge because we'd all be dead. He's in charge of every step. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the fact that you know all things you have orchestrated this thing from the beginning and maybe our brother Irenaeus was correct maybe this whole thing was just to birth a new race of sons and daughters we look back and say oh wouldn't it be great in the garden oh my goodness all we need to do is look forward and say oh my goodness how great it's going to be that garden will pale and that garden will look like nothing compared to what you have We're looking for that heaven and that new earth, Father. But in the meantime, we've got to learn to dance with you. We've got to follow your choreography. We've got to follow your script, which is the word. We've got to listen to your voice every day. We've got to allow you to hold us tight, and we'll grab onto you. And some days we'll be swirling madly. Other days it's going to be slow. Some days it's going to be a dead stop. And you're going to tell us, it's time for you to learn a new step now. So I'm going to put my foot over here. Why don't you follow me? And that's when we know that truly the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. We just follow you. Help us to be those individuals that do that. And we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Everybody stand together. The author of the dance, right? It's Jesus. First and last, beginning and end, complete in him. And you are complete in him, Paul said, who is the head, the leader of all principalities and powers. Aren't you glad we're complete already? Praise his name in him. Hallelujah. Go forth dancing in Jesus this morning. Bless his name. Bless one another. You are dismissed into his presence. Hallelujah.